So we're going to bring into the conversation your friend Kate Stock. She's a local mental health professional who knows something about what is said to students and adults in these types of situations. And we welcome the show Kate Stocks on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Morning, Kate. Morning, Annie. <laughs> so glad you could join us. You know, one of the uh, the things are so our, our our listeners are probably thinking, okay, it's a mental health professional who's going to talk about what uh, what happens in the wake of these school shootings. But there's a little more to it for you than that. In in 1993, you and I were actually at the same place at the same time, but in different roles. Right. So. I was walk us through that. Yeah, I was at I was at Wauwatosa West High School as a reporter when Dale Brightlow, the assistant principal, was shot and killed in the school. You were a student in a classroom in that building at that time. Can you tell us about right. that about that day, about the trauma that you experienced, and what you remember? Well, and as, as a student who was there, it, it's interesting how trauma works. Is that I remember all of the events very clearly in the moments before we knew what happened. And then after everything is sort of a blur in terms of my memory. Now, of course, um, there were other students who incurred far more trauma than I did. There was a fellow student who attempted to uh, resuscitate and revive uh, Mr. Brightlow. Um, One of his, I mean, um, Mr. Brightlow had children in the Wauwatosa School District, his own children, who have now had to live the rest of their life without their father. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, uh, a lot a lot of students do feel like, you know, the school does become their home away from home. It's a place where you're you expect to be safe. And so when something does not go according to plan, it leaves a mark. So, Kate, that instance, it was a principal vice principal being killed. In this case, it's a individual is acting erratically in a parking lot. He climbs up on the roof, shoots at the officers. They discharge their firearms, killing him. Is there still a piece for the students that say we're concerned where we don't know what happened here? And a lot of us are still asking that question and, and the role of mental health professionals and kind of figuring that out for them. Um, definitely. I think that, um, first of all, my understanding is that um, the students in the Germantown school district have um, uh, counselors available who are trained in, in trauma incidents and trauma effects. It doesn't matter what the trauma is. Trauma impacts people's mental health and physical health in very similar ways to different degrees on an individual level. Um, in this case, also, um, the mitigating factors worked. The doors to the school were locked. Uh, my understanding is that the individual attempted the school doors first and was not able to get in. And also the police responded amazingly. Um, we could not be, I think, in the community could, could not be more happy with how the police responded to this incident. And it, it went the way it was supposed to. On the flip side, you know, these are middle school children, so younger than I was when the incident happened at my high school. Um, these are middle school children. There was children in the building at the time when it happened. And I think just hearing the gunfire and being in that situation in the building where they heard that, didn't know what was happening, could be traumatic for some of them. And some of them, it might might be nothing. Um, it's a very individual process. So you you touched on something, Kate. You said, you know, that, that counselors are available to the students, right? I mean, and, and we hear that every time there is one of these mass casualty incidents or when there is even just a, a single shooting at a, at a school, we say counselors are available. I, I guess from a, from a layman's point of view, what does that mean? What, what is the function of a, of a school counselor during, at times like these when, when mental health professionals come and, and work with the kids or their families? 
Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, one of the things that I, I would hope, um, I don't know the, the specific training of the school counselors in the Germantown School District. What I do know is that counselors and therapists who are trained in trauma-informed care all get the same training and certification in terms of how trauma impacts the body. It has emotional, cognitive, and physical effects on individuals. It can impact a person's limbic system, the you know, neurotransmitters, um, breathing, and just general functioning regulation can be disrupted. Mm. Um, and so regardless of what the trauma is, um, the therapists or counselors are generally trained in how to assist the individuals in processing what just happened to them, what they saw, what they heard, and what's happening to them physically, emotionally, and biologically, and all the others. So we always want to tell people, you know, well, what can I do? Well, how does that help me? What What do you think parents can, what can parents look out for? So maybe there are parents that say, you know, my, my, my child wasn't even at, at the school last night when this, uh, or whatever, when this occurred. My, my child wasn't even there, but all the kids are probably talking about it. School has been closed for the remainder of the week. What kinds of things do you think parents can do? I think the first thing is try to have uh, intelligent, calm discussions about this incident with their kids, direct conversations. Additionally, I think parents can watch for any um, anything abnormal in their children's behavior or presentation that could indicate something is going on under the surface, whether that's my child seems a little bit more spacey than usual. Um, you know, I've noticed that she's she or he is having trouble breathing, you know, it could be maybe a very noticeable panic attack that somebody is having. Um, but maybe just heightened awareness on the part of the parents really tuned in to, you know, chil- children have trouble verbalizing things sometimes, and especially at that middle school age. So being tuned into their behavior and watching for anything abnormal. You're listening to Law Enforcement Hour on WTMG Nani Schwartz, Steve, and our special guest, Kate Stocks, local mental health professional. Kate, can you stay on the line when I ask you sort of an overview uh, p- uh, question about mental health in general? Can you stay on the line for us? I sure can. All right, we'll take a break here. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. Well, it's a law enforcement hour every Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, joins us. And our special guest today, Kate Stocks, a local mental health professional. And Annie and I were talking during the break, um, Kate, about mental health and how it relates to some of the stories like this in Germantown. But here's the sort of a big picture question. So we, we devote a lot of time, hopefully resources, energy talking about our countries, our children's mental health. So from the perspective of a mental health professional is it getting better or worse and if it's getting worse what are we what are we all missing here um well i I, you know i'm not sure if you're asking about if there's enough availability of mental health professionals that's part of it certainly certainly um i mean i i would i would go out on a limb and suggest we never have enough um, I, I think sure. anybody can benefit from counseling and therapy, whether they've experienced a, a traumatic event or not. Um, people can also get brief counseling. So anybody who experienced the incident in Germantown can certainly just go for four to six sessions with a therapist or counselor just to check in. How am I processing this? Kate, I'm curious to know, 30 years ago is how long we are away from the, in fact, 30 years this year. Uh, from yeah. the shooting at, at Wauwatosa West. Can I, 
can I ask without, you know, without ripping open or ripping off the, the scab here, how have you processed that over the years? I'm curious to know. I, I, you, I, I was telling Steve during the break, I said, you know, full disclosure, you and I are friends. I never knew mm-hmm. this. I never knew this. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how you've processed being so close to something so deadly as a young person. Well, I think one advantage I had was, um, like, like we mentioned, I was a senior in high school. Uh, this incident in Germantown affected middle schoolers. Developmentally, there's a big difference between middle schoolers and high schools and certainly between middle schoolers and somebody who's in their senior year of high school. So there's an emotional um, and neurological development advantage there. Um, the other, you know, situation, too, um, it didn't happen right away. School was closed for a period of time, so our entire schedule, our entire lives were uh, thrown up in the air for a while. Uh, school did not feel safe anymore. That, in that, and in those times, we didn't have the school doors locked. Uh, we didn't have metal detectors. Um, that, that sort of situation, it was just very different 30 years ago. Processing it just takes a lot of time. As you've mentioned, uh, this was 30 years ago. So I've had a number of times to revisit that experience, process it through different lenses, through my own professional training as well, and, you know, uh, come to a place of, of understanding and still not, you know, there's a difference between understanding um, and being okay with it and understanding and still not being okay with it. And and both are fine. Did experiencing that influence your decision to go into counseling? I'm, I'm curious to know that. Um, I think in a longitudinal sense, yes. Um, simply because um, any experience that I have that can benefit me as a practitioner with people who are experiencing something else maybe more traumatic is advantageous. You can honestly look uh, a patient or client in the eye and say, I know what you're going through. With this much hindsight, Kate, 30 years, do you have a a thought now, maybe at, at that time you didn't, but do you have a thought now about the media coverage of the incident? Is that something, because I was part of that and I'm not particularly proud of the of the coverage that that I did as a reporter at that time, uh, interviewing students who had just run out of school. Um, do you have some thoughts about the media coverage and maybe about what parents are letting their kids consume when they these things happen? I will say that I um, you hit on something really interesting there in that what I remember when we were finally let out of the school building because school was on lockdown. Hours later, it was dark in the evening when we were let out of school. Um, I remember a blur of television cameras and reporters. I might have been avoiding you, not knowing we would be friends later, (laughs) Um, but avoiding all of that. And I I know that I intentionally did did not watch the news coverage because I also knew the individual who had shot Mr. Brightlow. Um, So I think um, for parents, um, taking a little bit of a sheltering approach, at least initially, as far as news coverage, would be prudent. Um, let the, the individuals sit with it for a little bit, especially because these are, like we said before, middle schoolers. They're younger, uh, developmentally more vulnerable. Yeah, that's great advice from a local mental health professional. Kate Stocks, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to uh, meet you on the phone, and I appreciate you sharing some of your wisdom, both from a real-life perspective all those years ago and then certainly in what you do now. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Thank you, Kate. You give great insight and, and a lot of help for our viewers. Thank you. Our, our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Kate Stock's joining us.